0: Yo! It is a week five edition of this week in fantasy. A super sized edition is in addition to the normal Sigmund Bloom segment, we will bring on our first ever international guest from Rotoviz.com. Mr. Neil Dutton will join me, so you'll get to hear his beautiful, melodious British tones, which are uh, certainly, make my day. Uh, and hopefully, we'll make yours as well. And again, coming up first, we will hear from Sigmund Bloom. No inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. We did not have time this week. As, Are you kidding me? As my schedule was a little annoying, and you bastard! Sigmund was kind enough to move the timing around for me, so we were able to power through every single Week 5 game. We'll make it up to you with the Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom next week. But having said that, we've got a lot coming up. You don't need more of me. You need more of Sigmund. You need more of Neil. So let's get to it. Up first, let's talk to the one, the only, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest who, as always, as I always say, I am... Honored and ple, it's a pleasure to have him on. It's, uh it's something I look forward to every week. Uh, you can find his stuff over at FootballGuys dot com where he's a co-owner, or follow him on Twitter at his name, Mister Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, how are you?
1: Oh, very good. And you know, it's it's a pleasure and an honor just to get to to rap about the NFL and whatever we want. And people, we call it work uh, because of the fine people who tune in every week.
0: Exactly right, and uh, those people are my favorite people, so thank you to those people, and uh, this week, uh, due to my own recording issues, we will just be railing through the games, no inside the mind of Sigmund Blume, but I promise we will make it up to you next week, but as it is, Sigmund, with the time we have, let's just rail through these games like we normally do, we'll go through the whole week five slate, starting with the game, we'll be watching this evening, A, A- Potentially a decent matchup looks like. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks hosting the, the awful worst defense in football, New England Patriots segment. Is this just going to be a, a fantasy bonanza?
1: Yeah, a lot of scoring, a lot of scoring in this one. Uh, so, you know, the, obviously those top four pieces of the New England passing game, Tampa-based defense is banged up. Uh, the running backs haven't been as reliable for us. Uh, so, you know, James White in PPR leagues, uh, Mike Gillisley looking for that touchdown. But it, it's Amendola, it's Hogan, it's Gronkowski. And Brandon Cooks, Cooks was getting open last week. It, it's it's going to be there for him because Tampa can't get pressure on Tom Brady. And then on the Tampa side, we're going to watch a lot of Winston to Evans. And some of these secondary guys, uh, they get more consideration. Cameron Brate, Adam Humphreys. And the return of Doug Martin, but probably not going to want to go with him as we're not sure how big his role will be in his return.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting situation. I think long-term Martin um, looked good in the preseason. I think a decent guy to have on your roster. But I agree this week, kind of a up-in-the-air type of thing. I think they'll be passing more as well. Moving to the Sunday slate 1 o'clock games, we start with a stinker. The Jets. The two and two Jets heading into the zero and four Cleveland Browns. Uh, what do we do with this one?
1: Well, the Jets aren't aren't really as big of a stinker as we think. I mean, who, was, look,
0: who saw it coming, Sigmund?
1: Well, uh, I, 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 it's hard to say. You know, this, this team. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. if Todd Bowles saw it coming. I don't know if the people running the team saw it coming. <laughs> but we're looking at the quarterback rankings this week. Uh, you and the quarterbacks on by guys like Drew Brees and Matt Ryan. You might have to go to the waiver wire. Kirk Cousins uh, and get a Josh McCown for this game because Cleveland's defense we saw them bring Andy Dalton back to life last week uh, and, you know maybe and, and, you see with four teams on by in fantasy football that's the big story this week four teams on by and, and some good offenses so you're digging a little deeper maybe you're going to the waiver wire Robbie Anderson Austin Safarian Jenkins against a very good matchup here now on the Cleveland side yeah there's nothing well Duke Johnson <laughs> The main thing I'm looking yeah. at in Cleveland when are we going to see Kevin Hogan
0: yeah, it's a great question. So is Isaiah Corral, is he, is he like
1: droppable at this yeah, point? Yeah, well, they just aren't giving him good game scripts. Miles Garrett's going to be back this week, so they've got a good set of pinchers and, pin, pinchers and Garrett and Oak. But, you know, they were competitive with the Steelers in week one, and they haven't really been that competitive since then. And that's what we really need to see is for them to hang close in a game. They have the offensive line. Corral doesn't look like he's lost much. He doesn't look like the guy was ripping off those long runs, but uh, I think you have to hold on to him at this point and wait and see if Cleveland can start being more competitive. Maybe a quarterback change to Kevin Hogan is, it seems like Deshaun Kaiser is plateauing
0: right now. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think he's ready. And Brown, certainly, I, it's funny to say the Browns had owned for a disappointment, but they really have uh, the way they played. Well, compared Big to the Bills,
1: the Jets, some of these other teams yeah, we thought were totally. Be and also
0: just, you know, you thought the Browns, not that they were ready to contend or anything, but you thought they Take some sort of step, and it certainly doesn't look like that's happened. Moving on to a team that, that does look pretty good, the Detroit Lions hosting the uh, not-dead-yet-Carolina Panthers, Cam, back last week. Was that just the Patriots' defense, or uh, is is Cam playable again?
1: I think he's playable well again. The offense looked good. Uh, we knew going into the season that one of the possibilities was missed practice time and, and new, new looks on offense that it might take some time to adjust. And it looked crisp. Now it did against the Patriots defense, but it was executed crisply. It was accurate throws, very calm and, and sound execution by Cam Newton. So I, I think that you know Detroit's an opportunistic defense, but not necessarily one that scares me. Uh, it brings guys like Kevin uh, Devin Funches who had a good week last week, and Kelvin Benjamin back into play. Uh, and, you know this is a good matchup between two, three, and one teams. Maybe but it's surprising. Detroit actually, you know, that's the offense I'm a little worried more about. They did go a lot to Amir Abdullah. It was a tough matchup against Minnesota, but they're not really threatening downfield. And uh, they, you can start compressing closer to the line of scrimmage on them. Uh, I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. Really interesting. Kind of give you a feel what these teams are. Uh, you know, outside of fantasy, just in terms of a NFC contender. So it should be a really Interesting game uh, to one that probably will not end up having any uh, sort of, you know, NFC or AFC complications for that matter a potential stinker, but the Niners heading into Indy, uh, anything exciting about this matchup for
1: you? Well, T.Y. Hilton, you may go back with him this week. Uh, you probably don't have a better choice anyway with the buys, but San Francisco giving up some big plays in the passing game. Maybe Frank Gore will get some volume. we have to dig deep at running back this week too. So maybe you go, uh, to someone like Frank Gore, you know we can still trust Carlos Hyde. Pierre Garcon has a tough matchup here, and and again the C.J. Beathard watch always you know looking the out of the corner C. of our J. eye. C.J.
0: Beathard Doomsday Clock, as you yeah. so aptly dubbed it.
1: Yeah, it's 11:56, and you know it could, <laughs> it could strike midnight any week now.
0: Oh, it's great, uh, John Barter uh, uh Iowa man. So. uh not also not a CJ Beathard fan. Funny enough, no. so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. All right, uh, the uh, Titans coming off a a ass whooping in Houston, heading into a team that also not looking so great across the pond. The Dolphins hosting the Titans. What do you make of this one?
1: Yeah, didn't you feel Jay Cutler's uh, personality <laughs> just engulf you? Dude, like you know?
0: that guy could not give yeah. any less shits than anyone else on the planet. That's
1: exactly where of, we in are. An NFL game. Um, so you know we'll see if Adam GaSe can help him find his want to. Uh, I may mean, still think against Tennessee secondary, Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry are good plays, but otherwise, um, it, it's you know we may see Matt Castle start this game. So this could be a really ugly offensive game because Ndamukong Suh is not going to let Tennessee establish the run, and uh, you know Tennessee hopes to just go down there and steal a win as Miami's swirling down the drain. And Adam GaSe has has another challenge already uh, to get a team of grown men motivated.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't think it would be that hard, but uh, it seems to be uh, aforementioned, the uh, surprise, well, probably the biggest surprise in terms of a positive of any team in the league, the Buffalo Bills sitting at 3-1, and heading into a 1-3 and Bengals team, I bet if you had said to anyone before the season, one of these teams will be 3-1, and one will be 1-3, 95% would have gone the other way, uh, do you think the Bills keep rolling here?
1: Absolutely. I mean, they they lose Jordan Matthews. I mean, and, you know, th- that was a piece that was helping their p- downfield passing. But it's still about LaShawn McCoy's, Charles Clay, and uh, Tyra Taylor making some good plays. Uh, their defense is for real. I think they're going to make life hard for Joe Mixon, for Andy Dalton, uh, A.J. Green, you can count on here. This looks like a defensive game. This looks like a game where neither offense, Cincinnati can get pressure on the quarterback for sure. You know, they're not an easy defense to crack either. Uh, but I think Buffalo is finding a way to win these games. Ah, uh, there play- Stephen Hauschka has been excellent for them. Uh, kick- kicker pickup talks more kicker talk in this segment. <laughs> uh,
0: love so, kicker talk.
1: Yeah, you know I'm I'm much more interested in this game for uh, Buffalo than I
0: am for fantasy. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a really interesting spot. But if they if they go four one, it's um it's going to be a story. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of stories. Uh, I don't think a lot of people would have thought we'd have an 0-4, 0-4 matchup here, but here we are. The San- uh, Oh, my goodness, I almost did it. I almost said San Diego. The Los Angeles Carson, I should say, California Chargers heading in to take the 0-4 New York Giants on. Uh, what do we do here, Sigmund? Two 0-4 teams, but some potential fantasy players here. How do you assess this one?
1: Yeah, could, could you have ever guessed that they would be... Um... 13 years ago at the draft, yes. Eli Manning, Phillip yes. Rivers, 13 years later, they meet as quarterbacks on own four teams, <laughs> trying not to give up on the season. It's, uh, a,
0: great, it's a great point.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, let's see, the, you know, the Giants, the passing game's going. I'm going to see if Wayne Gualman gets more work. You pick him up, maybe not start him, but I, I think he could take over this backfield. Um, you, you, Odell Beckham, Eli Manning's playing well. You're bringing this pass offense back to life. Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall on the fringe of startable. Uh, on the Chargers side, you know, we saw Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams come back to life, Phillip Rivers. Uh, and, and it's going to be interesting to see if the Chargers' great pass rush can make life hard on Eli again. Remember those first two weeks? Well, I wouldn't say your Eagles crowd would be feeling sorry for Eli Manning, but you certainly felt like he did No,
0: didn't. never.
1: You, you, you felt like he didn't have a chance, and, and we'll see if it's a return <laughs> to that, that style of football. And really just seeing if these teams can stay stay in tune, you know, stay interested, because 0-4, you, you know your season's basically over.
0: All right, uh, real quick, three quarterbacks who we've already talked about who are available on a a fair share of wires. How would you rank them for this week? Uh, Josh McCown, I can't believe he's even included here. Tyrod Taylor and Eli Manning, what would you be your ranking?
1: You want to go with Eli because they're getting that offense, and it's going to be a pass-heavy offense, Uh, and then McCown, and and then Taylor just because I think they're going to be a very conservative offense.
0: All right, moving on, your team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, hosting the – on again, off again, Saxonville, Jacksonville Jaguars. One week they're great, one week they're losing to the Jets. What happens here?
1: Well, uh, I think that the Steelers at home, you expect their pass offense to get going. Martavis Bryant's been open. Can Ben Roethlisberger just find him? I mean, we'll see a lot of Le'Veon Bell. Uh, one of those squeaky wheel gets the oil games for Antonio Brown on the Jag side with Leonard Fournette. It's Leonard Fournette, their only hope. Blake Bortles is bad. And uh, you know, <laughs> they hope for defensive scores. They hope for Leonard Fournette to really, you know, put the yoke on him and let him just pull this whole team to victory. That's their chance on the road in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, 100% with you. Blake Bortles is bad is a uh, pretty good motto to live by. All right, the final 1 o'clock game, my squad, the 3-1 Eagles hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I, I, I know that you have to feel pretty good, I would think, about the Eagles here. How do you feel in general about this game?
1: Yeah, you have to. Arizona traveling east, early game. Uh, you know that they're going to test the corners. They're going to continue to get tested like they were last week. I think Rasul Douglas had his welcome back. Welcome to the NFL game. Um, and you know it's going to be J.J. Nelson and, and John Brown and Jeron Brown and Larry Fitzgerald strifing down the field. Uh, and, the, you know, Carson Palmer is going to test that secondary. But also they're going to get a lot of shots at Carson Palmer. There's no run game to speak of. The Eagles have been playing the run well. Anyway, on the Eagles side, I like this new conservative balanced offense. Uh, and the Garrett Blunt, you see his value at the end of the game last week, putting a game away. That's the back that you want. Wendell Smallwood filling some cracks here. Uh, Zach Ertz making the offense go. So, you know, a balanced, boring offense for fantasy is not great, but for the Eagles, uh, it's making them look like the favorite in the division.
0: Yeah, no. And Carson have been hit more than any other quarterback in the league this season. Eagles D line, you figure, especially if Fletcher Cox is back, which it looks like there's a chance that happens. Um, should be a game they can take advantage of their, uh, and, uh, to, and, and for anyone who ever, I mean, think about this way. We're all Eagles or the vast majority of people listening to this are likely Eagles fans, Sigmund, not an Eagles fan, but can still talk about Rasul Douglas. Well done, sir. Uh, all right. Moving on the, uh, Los Angeles Rams, the three and one Rams, uh, playing good football. Big test this week is Seattle coming into town. Seattle coming off a, uh, Ugly first half, but then took a, took over in the second half on Sunday Night Football. Uh... This is kind of a big game for the NFC West. Where where do you yeah, see it, it kind of shaking up? Uh,
1: the, the all alone in first place, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I'm to and uh, Seattle usually play it plays badly when they go out to see the Rams. But Russell Wilson's really come alive. Doug Baldwin's okay. Tyler Lockett speeds back in play. You know we'll see. We'll watch for fantasy Lacey and Rawls to see how that split goes. But we're not excited about that. Jimmy Graham is looking healthier. Uh, at least we can start him on the Ram side. This is an interesting test because it's it, it really does go with that tree going all the way back to Cincinnati. Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, now Jared Goff, not the best quarterbacks outside of structure, not the quarterbacks that you want authoring the game, but within structure with good players, good play calls, good offensive line around them. Things work and things have been working, but Seattle's defense has a way of making things not work. So, you know, we go to Todd Gurley. I get to sing the Hurley Gurley Man every week uh, as he's it. scoring every week. Yeah, you always want some more Donovan in your
0: life. But I, I don't know did, if we'll... For real, though, like to, to people who don't know Donovan or don't listen yeah. to Donovan, you need more Donovan in your life because Donovan is the man.
1: Singing songs of love. Yes. Uh, yeah, so this is going to be a really fascinating game, and we'll see if Seattle's defense can, can really assert themselves because it can't just be Russell Wilson running for his life making things
0: happen. Yeah, couldn't agree more 100% there. All right, uh, moving on. Oh, yeah, one other thing there. Good point. Um, I think Sean McVay, uh, that dude really knows what he's doing, as you pointed out, with the uh, kind of putting Goff in structure and some of the plays he calls really impressive. Uh, All right, uh, the Ravens uh, coming off a ugly uh, showing at home. You can usually count on the Ravens at home this week. They're heading on the road to face a reeling Derek Carless Raiders team. Like, I have no idea what to do with this one. Sigmund, help me.
1: Yeah, this is gonna be an ugly game. Hey, I'll say this: mm-hmm. forgive me, forgive me, football gods, but EJ Manuel didn't look too bad last week. Man. He didn't look. He didn't look too bad. I mean, functional. He looked functional. Right. And uh, you know, Baltimore's it's a first-round
0: pick. You know, you'd yeah. hope that someday he could maybe be functional.
1: Right, functional backup. Uh, you know, so maybe reviving Amari Cooper a little bit. Michael Crabtree should be back. With uh, you know, they're optimistic he'll be back. Maybe Marshawn Lynch gets going as Brandon Williams is out, but uh, this could be a limited offensive game. Obviously, it's going to be a limited <laughs> offensive game with Joe Blackgoat. I'm going to go into Andrew Dice Clay mode here just because, <laughs> well, just because you watch him play and it's it's he's his own punchline. Um, but this is going to be an ugly game. This uh, is going to be an ugly game, but both of these teams need this win to, to keep their season from starting to slip out of their, their grasp after a good start.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Like I think after two weeks into the season, I think – Most people would have said Ravens and Oakland Raiders, absolutely two of your six playoff teams in the AFC. And now they might be on the outside looking in for most people. It's really uh, it's flipped quickly. Uh, All right. Last of the four o'clock games, we got a good one here. The Dallas Cowboys reeling coming off a home loss to the Rams, taking on an Aaron Rodgers Packers team coming off a, a throttling on Thursday night, a long week for them. Um, What do you see happening here? This is another game where I, I, I really could see it going either way.
1: Yeah, a lot of points in this one. Um, Dak Prescott's playing well. Des Bryant not shackled by a great number one corner in some of the matchups he had earlier. Should expect him to get going. And Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the, the, the triplets. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, putting this team uh, on his back. They don't have much of a running game to speak of. We'll see about Ty Montgomery. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't think there's a Green Bay running back to play here. Uh, Devontae Adams should. It sounds like he's going to be ready to play. But Geronimo Allison, Geronimo Allison's also good anyway. So either way, you have a play there. Randall Cobb looks good and back in form after his injury. Jordy Nelson scoring touchdowns. We'll see if Martellus Benning can get going, but there should be a lot of really good quarterback playing a lot of points in this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a game to start your guys. Speaking of starting your guys, uh, uh, the Sunday night game, we got a great one Sunday night. It looks like it could be a fun one. Uh, starting your guys, you wanted to start every single chief this season. That offense has just kept rolling, heading into a, all of a sudden, potential fantasy goldmine in Houston now that Deshaun Watson at the helm. Uh, what do you, two good defenses as well. So this is kind of yeah. a tricky one here. How do you see the Sunday nighter playing
1: out? I, I see the offenses winning out. I mean, Alex Smith looks great with his new boldness from the competition from Patrick Mahomes. And teams usually can stop one of Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, but not both. Uh, I would say, you know, with Houston's ability to create pressure, maybe it's Travis Kelsey day. Of course, it's a Kareem Hunt night. I should say. On the Houston side, we'll see another interesting test for Deshaun Watson, but he has Will Fuller. You know, he has a couple of tight ends. He has uh, Lamar Miller leaking out of the backfield. He has DeAndre Hopkins, who he knows, the Clemson connection, that he just has to throw it around him. And even if he's not open, he's open. So you like the way Watson's growing up so quickly, uh, but he's got Justin Houston to deal with. And uh, they are you know, tremendous players on both sides of the ball, quarterbacks growing up, and uh, this is going to be a really fun one.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm really looking forward to this Sunday night. It's interesting to see where this Texas squ- Texan squad stand, and of course the Chiefs, the only undefeated team in football. Slightly less fun one on Monday night, but still some things uh, to look forward to here the Vikings, sadly, uh, without Dalvin Cook, so uh, heading into Chicago. Uh, in addition to your thoughts on the game, how do you see the uh, Latavius Murray, Jerick McKinnon split going as well? Yeah,
1: probably. I mean, Murray will get most of the work. Chances are the, the expectations are lowered across the backfield anyway. That you know aren't going to be that excited with whatever we get. At least we want to see at least until Sam Bradford comes back. Who knows? Um, Mitchell Trubisky. Confetti. Uh yeah,
0: um, yeah, how about that? Getting the start. And, I finally you know, I suppose, right? You pay yeah, Mike right. Glennon what, eighteen million? You may as sure. well only let him start a few games, right? Sure. Well,
1: just to keep the spot warm. But <laughs> uh T- Tariq Cohen, you want to see them involve him more. I don't understand what happened after the first two games. Jordan Howard, they have to stay in games for him to matter. Chicago's been more competitive at home. You know, we'll see if they get a shot in the arm from Trubisky. And Minnesota needs their own shot in the arm after Case Keenum is playing like, well, hey, Case Keenum.
0: Who saw it coming that Case Keenum would not continue the 380 right, right. yards and three touchdowns And, of course, losing Dalvin game.
1: Cook. You know, losing yeah, Dalvin Cook is a, it's a big winner. That's a it's, big it's one, It's tough man. to be a Vikings fan.
0: It, it it really is. Like, I'm an Eagles fan, and I know that we know, you know, pain and misery. We don't compare. Like, no, I don't think any – I think, honestly, I think if I had to pick the number one most cursed fan base, I feel like it's got to be the Vikings, right? Like, all the – the last, you know, second losses in big games. They've lost, they're the only team to lose four Super Bowls and never win one. It's got to be the Vikings, right?
1: Oh, well, I'll just always remember Gary Anderson. Uh, Gary Anderson,
0: yeah, we, but then how about Blair Walsh last, you know, couple years? but I agree, Gary Anderson's the worst one. That team Brett was... Brett Favre's interception. Yeah, Brett Favre's interception. Again, four Super Bowl losses. Um, I, I, there's a lot of good claims for, for... I mean, Cleveland, obviously, there's nothing and all that. You know, there are different sides of the argument, but... I don't know, for me, I don't think it gets much worse than being a Vikings fan. At Sigmund Bloom on Twitter, uh, follow him, he's terrific there. Also, uh, footballguys.com, I, I always ask if there's anything special going on, but I always neglect to mention The Audible. It is such an awesome podcast with UNC Salami. You guys have been doing it for years. Um, so uh, is there anything in addition at footballguys.com, but also let people know uh, where they can find The Audible because it is such a, a great yeah. podcast, and I, I always neglect to give it the the props it deserves.
1: Oh, it's all right. It's fine. I mean, it's just uh, doing it is its own joy. I'd speak to hear the sound of my own voice. Uh, we, iTunes, Google Play, you know, where you find all your favorite podcasts. And we do eight episodes a week. We do live episodes with video on Thursday night during the game on Sunday morning as we're just setting our lineups. And, you know, we just like following the calendar, following the journey with everybody, beginning to end, Agnes, agony, ecstasy, everything in between.
0: It's really worth it, guys. Check it out. And uh, as always, uh, he'll be back next week. with We'll, we'll add a question. I'll do a five-pack for Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom to make it up. But Sigmund, thank you for being flexible. And uh, thanks, as always, for hopping on. Thanks. Appreciate it. As always, terrific stuff from Sigmund powering through those games. And like I said, next week I'll make it up to you with a little extra Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom action. But now, again, no more me. That's pretty cute. More Neil. Let's get to Neil Dutton from rotoviz.com, our first international guest on the podcast ever. I hope you enjoy it. Here is Mr. Neil Dutton. And it is my pleasure to welcome in, to my knowledge, the first international guest in BGN radio history, certainly the first international guest on This Week in Fantasy History, and uh, couldn't ask for a better first international guest than this man. You can find his work over at rotoviz.com as well as other places. He's a hustler, just like me, and uh, it's a, a pleasure to have this man on the podcast. Let's welcome Mr. Neil Dutton to the pod. Neil, how are you, sir?
2: I'm very well, sir. I mean, this, this is you know, this is one off the bucket list. You know, I, I can cross this off now. It's just, it's pretty much just wrote the world now.
0: <laughs> well, it's an honor to be on any bucket list. It's certainly on my bucket list to have you on the pod as well as um you sound so much cooler than I ever could just by talking. So, uh, I'm sure that doesn't do as much for you guys over there to always hear like, "Oh, you have the coolest accent because it's like just the way you talk."
2: Absolutely. It's 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 always weird to see um I, I you know, in in the interest of full disclosure, I'm from Liverpool, but I don't have the classic Scouse accent as it were but the further away from Liverpool I get the more Scouse I sound and um, so it is it, it is quite strange at times
0: that, that you you know it's almost like you're just like the further away you're like I'm gonna hold on to it and keep it there
2: absolutely that I must be it. it
0: I love it well guess what we're the ones who get to benefit from it because uh, it is uh it is uh awfully nice on the ears neil so um very excited but we're not here just to talk about your accent We're here to talk fantasy of course neil does a ton of work again at com and uh uh, a fantasy expert, which we like to have on the show. So, Neil, uh, we're going to go through and, um, Neil and I uh, look at kind of the, the first quarter of the season. Obviously, you just heard me and Sigmund rail through this week's games, but I wanted to take more of a macro look with, uh, with Neil here and look at kind of what's going on and what might continue and what might not, and then also maybe touch on a few of the, the issues that, that Sigmund and I can't quite, at least the current issues, that we can't quite dive into the depth we would like to, some of the injuries and stuff as we... Hour through the game so um, uh, let's jump in Neil I wanted to start with just a, a very macro question and, and just we are through one quarter of the season and really more than a quarter of the fantasy season is obviously at least for those people who don't play into week 17 as you shouldn't don't play in week 17 people. Um, uh, for you know through a, a little over a quarter of the fantasy season, is there any big takeaway that you have in terms of just looking at kind of what's on the board moving forward?
2: Well, there's a few things that you know that you didn't really expect. You may have um, thought they could happen, but you never really expected them to occur in the way that they have. The fact that Amari Cooper has got seven drops and only twelve receptions through four games is something of a concern. Um, especially, you know, if people were taking him, you know, I don't think anyone's taking him in the first round of drafts, but certainly high up in the second round. Absolutely. I mean, I. I mean, I know, you know, there were people arguing saying, well, don't take Cooper there. Just wait a few rounds and tra- take, take Crabtree. And, you know, as a, an owner of Cooper in several leagues, I really wish I'd listened to these people. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know that game as well. And for, as a Crabtree owner there, I will tell you, though, him sitting out last week certainly wasn't a ton of fun.
2: Well, uh, he had a bruise on his lung. I mean, how do you get that? I mean, uh, I I put on Twitter, you know, how how does such an injury occur? And James Coe of of NFL.com said it was Josh Norman stealing his soul the week before.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's an injury that you just – there are a few of those injuries. Like whenever you hear about like um, a busted, you know, you know what, uh, like a a nut, let's say, a busted Mm. nut – you know, you hear about those every once in a while, especially in hockey. But, um, yeah, th- maybe the next step down. But the, the bruised lung certainly sounds like one of those injuries you want to avoid.
2: Yeah. I mean, ha- you couldn't even show it off. You couldn't say, God, look at this one. <laughs> Hang on, like...
0: Man, this is a badass injury. This <laughs> one. No, it's on the inside. And not just that, I'd say the lung is kind of important.
2: Yeah, it's it's the injury equivalent of, no, I have a girlfriend. No, you don't know if she goes to another school.
0: <laughs> Oh, that's terrific! Um, so, so in addition to the Cooper uh, 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 kind of general thought there, there, I wanted to jump into some of the storylines we've seen. And and as uh, my dogs go wild in the background, which is always a staple of this week in fantasy, um, I want to play the second edition of Nice, Nice or Nah. nah. As we got to play that with uh, Paul Charchian back in the preseason, and this. Feels like the perfect opportunity to bring it back. So, Neil, as uh, you know, the way the game is played is I'm going to give you a uh, uh, a projection. Uh, uh, in theory, it could be, you know, Amari Cooper will finish as a top 10 wide receiver. We would both probably say no to that one or not, enough. as it were at this point. Uh, or on the flip side, say something like Amari Cooper will severely disappoint the people who drafted him, and you could say nice. Nice. Um, Because that is clearly the the case so far. So we're going to take a few of the storylines from the beginning of the season, and let's see whether you think it's going to continue out. Let's start with probably the, uh, I don't know if the biggest surprise, but certainly the biggest, uh, you know, Draft winner as of uh, uh, the first four weeks of the season, I would say, is anyone who drafted Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt will finish the season as a top three fantasy running back, nice or not.
2: I'm going to say nice, nice. Obviously, you know, as Eagles, you know, fans and representatives of the Eagles, we are aware that you know Big Red does have a history of you know producing uh, productive running backs. The one criticism we can have of him is that sometimes he forgets he has them on the field and, and starts, you know, <laughs> th- throwing the ball to useless people. Kareem Hunt, though, was shown that you know, as a rookie, he's you know he's the best running back. He's a he's an excellent receiver, and you know th- he is wrong at the moment. And Big Red has come out and said, you know, no, no, we're we're not concerned about his workload. We'll just keep feeding him. And with the way that Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey seem to be alternating quiet weeks and big weeks. Kareem Hunt's been the only constant. So I think, you know, there's. I, I, you know, if they go into the Patriots at the time, the invincible New England Patriots, (laughs) and put the clown suit on them, and then we've seen, you know, what he's done to the Eagles, what he did to the Chargers, and then bless him against the Redskins. I personally don't think there's any reason to suspect he's going to drop off.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. He's just good, you know. He passes the eye test. You watch him; he's shifty. He's uh, got such great balance, and uh, he just keeps moving. Um, like you know, uh, against uh, against Washington, you know, that was like a subpar game for him, and he still, you know, had 120 plus all-purpose yards. So with the 100, percent I think Kareem Hunt is for real. Let's uh, let's talk about his teammate, though, maybe less real. Uh, nice or nah? Your number one fantasy cornerback, Alex Smith, finishes as a top five fantasy quarterback. Nice or nah? Uh,
2: I'm going to say nah. nah. I mean, he, he's he's doing quite well now. You look in the terms of fantasy points, but um, I've not seen the exact how many points he scored la- uh, last night. But he had going into the Redskins game, he had I think it was 62 fantasy points over three games which is a great figure but 31 of them came against the patriots so obviously there's been a huge drop off from week one to two and three but a stat that i found about alex smith he is nine of 14 for 376 yards and three touchdowns on passes uh, travel more than 20 yards in the Whoa, air that's
0: this, like is the a, most this is unexpected. this is alex smith yes what is that
2: it's it's literally you know it, it, if this is you know what it takes to get superb performance literally oh by the way Alex this is your replacement you know pff, we'll see, we'll see about that
0: <laughs> I'm with you I, I don't think he continues but I do think uh, it's a great stat and it's one of those stats that when you hear it you're like yeah. That's what I've seen. He has been connecting on deep path passes through these first four games. Um, but I'm with you. I don't think top five. I think uh, he does have a chance to, to stay relevant, though, as the the rushing yards he accrues certainly give him a high floor. Um, so, you know, I think one of those things where the hot start might, when we look back at the end of the season, he'll probably be a top 10 quarterback, even though he might not feel like it all the time. All right. Uh, nice or nah, Des Bryant will finish Outside the top twenty-five fantasy receivers, aka Dez, is done. Nice or not? Uh, I'm going to say nice.
2: Nice, uh, and not because of you know the bitter he plays with the Cowboys <laughs> reasons.
0: <laughs> it doesn't hurt.
2: It doesn't hurt. I mean, it's you know, it's a yeah, it's a must find a must find an actual reason, even though this is going to happen. Um, you look at his play over the last two seasons. He you know he, he catches about fifty percent of his targets. He's I mean, you can say yeah, but he scores touchdowns. Well, that's great, but touchdowns, as we know in fantasy, it's a rather fluky thing. It's not guaranteed. Well, you know, unless you're <laughs> unless you're Kareem Hunt, in which case it seems to be guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Between between the twenties, he just doesn't seem to be an efficient part of that offense. And I mean, if Dak Prescott's going to you know start running more, and he's still looking for Jason Witten, I mean, my God, Jason Witten, you know, was a ball boy in the first ever game of American football <laughs> way back in the twenties. <laughs> nice. Um I just don't think Des Bryant is going to score enough touchdowns to make up for the fact that between the twenties, he offers very little.
0: I am a hundred percent with you. And again, you know, the fact that he's a cowboy is, is awesome. Uh, But I really believe that we've seen the best of Des Bryant, at least certainly this season, especially one thing, in addition to everything you mentioned and, and his inability to get separation, it seems, and it's really, you know, the physicality type plays and the jump balls, but Um, You look at his schedule this season and the cornerbacks he has to go up against, it's not good for Dez. Um, You know, he's already had a tough slate of corners to go against. It doesn't get much easier, so um, I'm with you 100%. I think Dez, at least for this season, compared to what people expected, is done. One guy who is not done, the question is just how good will he continue to be. Your number one fantasy running back, actually ahead of Kareem at least in PPR leagues, Mr. Todd gurley Neil, nice or not, has Todd Gurley finished the season as a top three running back? Again, top three
2: might be a bit of a stretch, but I certainly think he could be a top five. I mean, he's getting the opportunity. That I mean, it's hats off to Jeff Fisher for how well he managed to keep this guy down. You
0: know, <laughs> let's, let's start with that. You know, the, it's a lot of work you know, the, to do that. We,
2: yeah, I mean, we we, you know, we saw, you know, the slight huff, you know, this is a high school offence, and then first game of this season, it's like, hmm, he still didn't look good. But, I mean, Todd Gurley, he's, he's, he's got 74% of the team rushing attempts and 21% of the targets in the passing game. That's as close to a three-down workhorse as you can get in the modern era. And, you know, if he's going to keep getting fed, I mean, let's be honest, they're, they're going to take him off the field for who? Come on, you know. Let, let's If he's on the field, we saw, you know, I thought at the start of the season when Lance Dunbar went down that he could see a slight uptick in passing work because he did catch forty passes last season, but he's just been absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. And the the, the Rams seem to be following the which you'd expect with Sean McVeigh as the coach, the Redskins' offensive philosophy that they scored a lot of points, but you actually look and thought, well, outside of Jordan Reed, there's no one really to rely on here except Kirk Cousins. And it seems to be, to an extent, that's what the Rams are doing, except it's Jared Goff, and, you know, he's done well, but let's you know, pump the brakes a bit there, folks. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Todd Gurley seems to be something you can rely on, and, you know, at the end of the day, he's he is great to watch when he's in full flow. But uh, top three, I don't know. It's 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 an odd position. I mean, at the moment, with so many bad injuries, one of my fancy teams, I drafted David Johnson, Dalvin Cook. Oh, Oh. and and chris carson oh. um, so it, it's it's looking a bit bleak now when i'm literally going through the rate waiver when saying, say oh kyle use jack he he could have, uh, he could make me sick uh, but so yeah uh, top top five i certainly think he's cap- he, he could do it
0: i like that so that's like a half nice nice half nah. and i'm with you i think he's i think he's a Right up there for top five and top three, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, um, like you said, the usage is there. I, I mean, I love Gurley coming out of college. I have always thought he's a outstanding, phenomenal back. And those usage numbers you put out are, are pretty, pretty um, impressive uh, in terms of volume and and what to expect moving forward. So uh, I'm with you. I think he's a top five guy, and I think he's got a, certainly got a shot to be a top three guy. All right, one more nicer knob before we move on. Um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to play to the hometown crowd, hopefully, here. Uh, Carson Wentz will finish the season as a QB1, a.k.a. a top 10 fantasy quarterback, at least in 10-team leagues. Uh, nice or not?
2: Nah? I'm going to say nice. Nice. Yes! Um, I mean, you, you could argue his best game you know, as an Eagle was Sunday where his numbers weren't fantastic, but he was just, you know, he was orchestrating, he was running he was in the charge. game. charge. That was it. It was this, I mean, sometimes you're watching and still thinking, no, just, no, 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 not that, oh, <laughs> uh, okay, good, good, good play, Carson. And Which, you know, it's a bit exciting, it's, at least it's a bit exciting, especially if you're watching the game back, it's like, oh, he's going to do it now. It can be a bit, oh, oh, oh it's okay. <laughs> but, I mean, again, another, you know, incredible stat is Carson Wentz is converting of the Eagles third or fourth downs this season that's the most in the league so from a fantasy point of view you've got a quarterback who's extending drives giving himself and his team more opportunities to score and you know the weapons are much better than last year as we know I mean you know the the wide receiver has been upgraded but let's be honest they're not they're not putting up 100 100 yards here 100 yards there it's a lot better than it was last year but it's not the greatest show on turf or the 2007 Patriots Um, it's They've shown the last two games that they are committed to running the ball. So, you know, Wendell Smallwood and LeGarrette Blunt are chipping in. But when they get down in the red zone, they're still, you know, quite diverse. They may throw it. They may pass it. So, and the best thing of all is that he's not throwing interceptions. That's two games in a row. He hasn't thrown an interception. And I can't remember the last time he did that. It must have been when he was a rookie, you know, those first three weeks. So, I think as... Carson Wentz goes the Eagles go so with my fantasy hat on that's great but with my Eagles hat on that's fantastic
0: yeah I agree completely and just from a pure pure fantasy perspective while I love the Eagles running the ball the last couple of weeks the matchups dictated it. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a lot of weeks where the volume is going to be there he's going to have to carry the team and and I think he can and I think from a fantasy perspective again going back to the quarterbacks who can give you an extra two three four points on the ground that's such a uh uh, you don't think about how important that is until you have those points each week, and it really does matter. So I am with you there, and, uh, uh, you know, nice, uh, nice to hear. All right, uh, that is a nice... Nice. Or not. Or nah, nah. Now, before we move on real quick, uh, Neil, uh, kind of in the same vein as nice or not, but specifically, I want you to give me one guy uh, who so far through the quarter of the season has underperformed that you think is going to turn it around and get back to where people thought he'd be, and then conversely a guy who has exceeded expectations, played very well, or at least met expectations through four weeks, who you are expecting a downturn from?
2: Well, the bounce back for me is uh, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, um, the biggest factor in this bounce back will be that, hopefully, touch wood, Andrew Luck will be back soon. I mean, T.Y.'s figures with Luck and without are quite stark. I mean, it's about an extra target a game, an extra reception a game. Ten more yards a game and half a touchdown a game more with Luck than without, and over the course of you know of those games, you're looking at like a difference of five PPR points per outing. You know that adds up. So you know he's having to make do. You know with Scott Tolzien, Ugh, still 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 trying to get over that. And oh. Jacoby Brissett has been okay, but they don't have. He hasn't got that relationship with Luck. I mean. Hilton's first four games, he's got, was it three catches, 57 yards, no touchdowns, four and one, but it was against the Browns. And, you know, this is the Browns that we all thought, hoped, prayed, maybe better. No, they're getting worse every week. And then three for 30 against the Seahawks. Uh, So I think he's currently in PPR leagues, he's at wide receiver 21. Now, considering he was probably going second round, top of the second, top to the middle of the second, that's probably a bit disappointing. But when Luck comes back, I expect him to kick on quite considerably.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm excited about that turnaround for Hilton, and, and he did show that he still has that in him against the Browns, granted against the Browns. What about on the flip side? Who's someone you expect to have a bit of a downturn?
2: Well, I think, you know, in keeping with wide receivers called uh, T.Y. or Ty, <laughs> Tyree Hill is the wide receiver eight at the moment um but it's you know he he's alternating as i said it uh, said before he's alternating good game with bad game We'll say bad game decent game I suppose i mean he started 7 133 and a touchdown against new england four for 43 against the Eagles, five seventy-seven and one in week three against the Chargers, and then five for 35 and none against the Redskins. It's not, he's not putting up great numbers. If you look back to when he was in college, he was never a dominant stereotypical wide receiver one. He's never really had that workload. And, you know, he's, He's quite versatile, and you know, Andy Reid does use him in a lot of different ways, but he's still only had like six carries this season, and you know, he's only had about 20 yards on them. So, if he's not running the ball that much, I don't think he's consistent enough as a receiver. And the rest of his games this season, as we stand now, he's only got one opponent this season who is in the top 10 in terms of fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Everyone else is. Um, 13 and upwards I mean it's he's got Houston Pittsburgh Oakland Denver twice Dallas that's the that's the gimme game then he's got the Giants the the Bills the, even the Jets and um, the Chargers and the Dolphins so you look at that I, mean, as I say he's not a classic wide receiver so he's not going to get you know he, he's never going to get peppered with targets and say wide receiver eight at the moment I'd be surprised if he was uh, if he was sniffing that kind of airspace come the end of the season
0: yeah, I totally agree with you. And uh, you know, just he's been someone you can count on every week. I don't think that he's going to be someone you can count on every week and I think there'll be obviously weeks where he puts up those big numbers, but I think it's gonna be more of a uh, inconsistent effort, which is a killer in fantasy. All right, real quick, Neil, um before uh before we get really quickly into just uh I wanna ask a, a quick question or two about Uh, Football across the pond But um, real quick just on on What's happening right now uh, a couple of big Injuries last week Uh, I want to See kind of how you think these teams Offenses are going to respond obviously The Cook and Carson injuries we kind of know What the team can do and who they Can stick in there but I want to More I'm more interested in your take on The Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota injuries and how Much you think it affects the other Players on those teams we obviously Talked about Cooper at the beginning Adding the car injury to it, too. Uh, I mean, do these two offenses all of a sudden become stayaways? Well, if
2: I mean, it's, if if the choices at quarterback are Matt Castle and EJ Manuel, it's not so much stay away, more as you know, I want to stick my head down the toilet and shut the lid, you know, and stay <laughs> away from it for as long as possible. But if you actually look, I mean, Amari Cooper is struggling. Michael Crabtree has got the bruised lung. Jared Cook has been quite consistent. And if you actually look, when EJ Manuel was quarterbacking for the Bills, he had quite an effective um, link up with Scott Chandler. So he, he has shown that he can work with a tight end. So maybe it increases Jared Cook's value um, with EJ Manuel with the Titans and Mariota. I mean, I, I just I can't think of a free agent quarterback who's quite mobile. And maybe, you know, can throw the occasional downfield shot. Can you think of anyone that would mean they'd have to instead go and sign Brandon Whedon? You know, I can't think of anyone, you know, maybe have yeah, played the Super Bowl. Be out there who, uh, yeah.
0: you know, is better than Brandon Whedon?
2: Well, I guess yeah, that's not it's...
0: fair. There are probably a lot of guys better than Brandon Whedon, but I yeah. one in particular as well. Um, I mean, we we know
2: that the Titans, you know, they've been quite, they've gone quite aerial this season, especially in the two games they've lost. But we know that deep down they want to run the ball. So it's just a question now is, you know, how effective can they run the ball knowing that if we stop to Marco Mori or Derek Henry, it's Matt Castle throwing to, you know, Rashad Matthews or Delaney Walker or John Smith or any of that type. So of the two, the Titans offense scares me the most. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but if it's a choice between a Castle Titans or a Manual Raiders, I think I would lean more towards the Raiders because we know they've got that great offensive line, and you know they still have got talented wide receivers, and we have got a quarterback who has shown that he can operate with a, with a player in that offense. So it's it depends how long Carr's out and how long Mariota's out because you know we, we don't know what that is either. At the moment, I'd be concerned about all the players. Um, in the offense, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go like, like crackers and start dropping them and, you know, putting in all kinds of, you know, and starting Brian Hoyer over them or in, like that. <laughs> all
0: right, that is perfect, Neil. So much awesome information. Check out his stuff over at rotoviz.com. Nick, uh, uh, Neil, what, uh, what any per- thing in particular people should be looking out for uh, this week or in the coming weeks? Well, um, I did have an article out uh,
2: yesterday on Rotoviz. It was uh, basically, it was a, you know, getting to know you uh, for Tyler Croft um the Bengals tight end cuz um, he's been
0: maker.
2: absolutely um he was he started all two uh, all four games this season but In the first two games, he hardly played at all after starting. Since Bill Lazor has come in, Tyler Eifert obviously has been missing. And Bill Lazor, you know, he must have got this from the Eagles when he was at the Dolphins. He liked to use the tight end, especially in the red zone. And we saw, say, Tyler Croft got two uh, red zone touchdowns. So it was a bit of an introduction to him and, you know, looking at his fantasy prospects moving forward. Uh, And later this week, uh, I've got my weekly tight end streamers article. Uh, for Otavers, it's you know, we're getting into the bye weeks now, so now it's this is the time you test, you know, your roster and how you can work the wire. So uh, uh it'll be the three tight ends this week. Um they're available in over fifty percent of ESPN leagues um to see, you know, these three players if you're struggling at tight end, if you had Greg Olson or or Tyler Eifert, maybe these one of these players, plug them in, they can help you.
0: I love it. Check it out, rotoviz. You can also follow Neil on Twitter at n dutton thirteen thirteen. My favorite number. So, uh, Neil is smart man. Uh, Neil, before I let you get out of here, uh, I gotta ask just a quick question or two, just about what it's like to be an NFL pon- uh, an NFL fan across the pond. You know, I know as a, a BGN Radio uh, member um, that. That we we had no idea how many Eagles fans there were over in the UK, um, and and since, as you know, we've started a BGN uh, radio UK Facebook page. Someday we are going to come to London and do a podcast. Like we are we are all in, um, but we, we we were kind of just surprised at how many Eagles fans there are over there. Can you speak a little bit? um to, to what it's you know what what the n f l is like over there and kind of how how you became an eagles fan and also kind of how the n f l kind of permeates is permeating its way through the united kingdom
2: well there's there 's like um generations of n f l fans i think in this country because in the eighties it was on uh, it was on channel four quite a bit so there 's been a lot of like older fans like um my uh my co my podca- podcast podcast past cast Co-host's dad is a Miami Dolphins fan um, because um, when he started watching it, it was Dan Marino. You know, it was their you know, good run then. And also the 49ers run. So there's a lot of like long-standing 49ers fans. I started watching the NFL, and, and I can tell you the exact date because this is how weird my brain works. Mm-hmm. It was the 19th of November, the year 2000. And the very wow. first game I watched was the Jets against the Dolphins. And Jay Fiedler got wiped out in the first play of the game. And <laughs> um, so I was, I was, I mean, I, I, was, I was, I was drinking while I was watching it. I was, I was, I, luckily, I was the, right? I was, yeah, I was on the ale. Um, but as I, it was one of those, I started watching it, and I was watching it with friends who they, they were fans. So as I was watching it, I was, you know, I asked questions, I picked up the knowledge, and eventually I found, oh, I could, I could watch this by myself. And obviously, it's a two thousand. That was the start of the eagles with andy reed and donovan McNabb. Sure. um so my, one of my friends said you know you'll you'll enjoy it more if you have your own team so um what my i say my podcast uh, co-host says that the only reason i got the eagles was because the other fella can't pronounce cincinnati uh, because <laughs> it,
0: you
2: know the first first five years of being him an him
0: for not being able to for now it's like thank you
2: Every day, I thank him. Um, You know, so first five years of the Eagles, you know, championship games and a Super Bowl. So, and whereas he's a Jets fan and he gave me the Eagles. So thanks for that. It's, it is a, it is growing in popularity. It's, it's, you know, because especially the games in London have helped um, because now it's, especially, um, they're they're on free-to-air television as well. So that does help that, you know, everyone gets a chance to watch them. It's, It's it's not seen as like a niche thing. I mean, there was an accusation that, you know, if you're British and you like the NFL, you're just doing it to be trendy, you know, or trying to be a hipster was, you know, you only have to see the way I'm dressed to know that I'm really that's not a priority
0: for me. Yeah, Uh, which is pretty funny, considering in America, it's like hipsters are the ones who like ew, you watch the NFL. Exactly. (laughs) The polar opposite. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: you know, people say, you know, oh, and it goes on for three hours. I said, yeah, but cricket goes on for five days, and <laughs> I don't really have a problem with that either. And you know, it, it's it, it has been marketed very well. I mean, Sky, uh, the you know, the network over here have had it, they do a good job with it. You know, they started out with just uh, a nine o'clock game, so the four o'clock game at uh, your time, and then they went to okay, we'll have a double header. And they, you know, th- you get a game a week, you know, you get your six o'clock. Uh, games at so the one o'clock and the four o'clock you don't really have much choice but then when you start going into you know you have game pass and i say you've got these you know um got these games now you know especially the uh, early kickoffs at wembley you know the ones that are i think it's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning your time it's it's i say it's a avail- it's a lot more inclusive for people and it's not seen as this charming little click that we have uh, and I I say, more and more people watch it because a lot of them are, may have already watched it you know 20 30 years ago and just think oh is 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 you know are they still a t- you know uh, are the oilers still a team uh, <laughs> uh, so you know it, it's it is growing in popularity i don't think it's ever going to be you know the the, the main sport because you know obviously this we have our own football as it were sure. and we've got you know rugby uh, cricket and those other sports but it is certainly very, very popular.
0: I love it. I love it. And uh, just to make sure, uh, when the London Jaguars actually officially become the London Jaguars, you will stay an Eagles fan, correct?
2: Oh, absolutely. That is actually the the biggest question that we have. It's not the, you know, oh, you know, the the logistics. Would they play all around the country? It's would you support a London team? Now, me, no. I've, you know, I've, I've made my bones, you know, I've, you know, I've sweat for this team. I've stormed out of my friend's house when the Eagles couldn't convert a third and one against the 49ers in 2006. (laughs) It was a meaningless game, but I was just so angry. Um, You know, I've, you know, I've sweat blood. I've seen Super Bowl losses. I've seen championship game losses. I wouldn't just support a team just because they're 200 miles away. You know, the, the proximity is nothing that's... I mean my local I say I'm from Liverpool but my football team is Sheffield Wednesday that's not a bank holiday uh, you know they're 70 <laughs> miles away so proximity isn't a big factor for me I'm emotionally committed to this team the London Jaguars yeah it would be nice you know I'd go and watch them but I'd be wearing an Eagles jersey when I do I
0: love it. I love it, love it, love it. This was this was so awesome. Uh at, follow him on Twitter at N thirteen. He is hilarious as you can tell. Um and and all the information, all the knowledge, definitely go to rotaviz.com. I mean you heard, I mean you just listened, unless you fast forward to the end which would be weird. Um, but if, if you listened, you heard all that awesome information, um, uh, you know, to check them out. Uh, it's worth it. Um, Neil, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time and uh, for talking to me across the pond. No,
2: no, it's an absolute pleasure. I say the, the, all the great work you and everyone that BGN does. It's, it's going to say, I feel part of it, even though I'm thousands of miles away. Nice. So thank
0: you. That is the best compliment we could ever receive. So, uh, again, N. Dutton13 on Twitter, rotoviz.com. Check him out. Thank you so much, Mr. Neil Dutton. Just awesome stuff from Neil. Factoid stats, interesting information, jokes. All right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and of course, the coolest accent in the world. So, thank you, Neil Dutton, for coming home. It really was a pleasure to talk to Neil. We will absolutely have Neil back. Again, this season. Uh, Again, you can follow him on Twitter at ndutton13. And of course, at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter. Sigmund will be back next week, as always. And again, uh, a little extra inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom next week for you guys. So thank you for listening to this super sized edition. If you need more of me, which, I mean, let's be real, you probably don't. I hear you. But if you do, I will have my start sitcom out on bleedinggreennation.com tomorrow morning, Friday morning. All my starts and sits. Last week, not too shabby. Oh, good for you. Told you to start Deshaun Watson, Bilal Powell, a few other good calls in there. So uh, a little humble brag there. You're unbelievable. believable. Uh, but uh, the week before was awful, so I needed a bounce back week. Hopefully this week will be just as good as the last one. And uh, also uh, Sunday morning, of course, you can hear me, John Barchard, and Jack Fritz talking fantasy and gambling and all that good stuff from 8 a.m. to 10 AM on the WIP Facebook page and then Bartred and I from the Jetro lot talking birds uh, from uh, 1030 till 12 ish, somewhere in that range. So uh, again, hit me up if you need anything uh, fantasy wise at James Seltzer. Sunday mornings are tough. Anytime before then, I promise I will get back to you. And if I don't just uh, just yell at me. What the f*** are you doing? (laughs) Because I am very sorry. But again, I will try my best to respond you everyone so good luck this week go out get it kill it let's make some money this week whether it's dfs whether it's your seasonal let's go get some w's i want winners big week five year and then we'll head into week six and sigmund bloom will be back to help you win that week as well so thank you for listening again we'll be back next week and uh, thank you again to sigmund bloom and neil dutton for making this a supersized edition so thank you again for listening to the week five edition of this week in fantasy, Just then when the the man
2: came singing songs of love. Then, when the the came singing songs Histories of ages past, unenlightened shadows cast down through all eternity.